One of the reasons that I went to Tanzania was to take part in a conference, Pomoja, which in Swahili means together, a conference of pastors from the St. Paul Area Synod and the Oringa Diocese in Tanzania. We got together to share our collective wisdom about what it means to be the church this time and in these places. It was a tremendous conference. We were given some questions to ponder by the presenter. Go into small groups. You've been in situations like this. Break down into small groups, and I want you to discuss these things. So we did. We got into small groups of three and four people. And just as we sat down at the table, one of my new colleagues, a pastor by the name of Robertson, he said to me, what I really want to know, and then our conversation went sideways, right? We pushed aside the questions that we were given to discuss, because he had these burning things inside of him that he just had to know. He wanted to know about decisions that the ELCA made a few years back. He wanted to know how we interpret the Bible, and, and he just had all these questions that were just so important. They were more important than anything else we could get started to talk about. I wonder if that's what happened in this morning's gospel. Nicodemus just had those questions that were just burning on his mind. He had to have them answered first before anything else. Now he brings those questions to Jesus at nighttime, partly because he is a leader of the Pharisees. And just before this, Jesus did not endear himself to the Pharisees or anyone around the temple or in Judaism for that matter, because just before this story takes place of Nicodemus, Jesus is turning the temple tables over. He's offering his own life, his own body as a new temple, a new place for the people to connect with God. He changed water into wine, and people were asking lots of questions. Who is this? And what kind of relationship with God is this Jesus preaching and teaching and bringing into being? He comes at night because there's some risk involved. Jesus is already the adversary of those involved with the old ways of doing things, the traditions, the rituals around the temple and interpreting of Scripture. But John is also a symbol person. John likes symbols, and so Nicodemus comes at night to show that he doesn't quite understand. He is seeking understanding. He is seeking wisdom. He is seeking the light. And he comes with questions. But before he can get a chance to ask his questions, Jesus invites him into a conversation about the Spirit, about the connection with God that comes not as a matter of birth, but as 
God's Spirit moving in his life. And Nicodemus is puzzled. He's puzzled because from his background, from his tradition, being connected to God was all about following the rules, following the regulations, paying attention, giving the correct answers, doing the correct things. It was about living out that connection of birth with God in community in a very rigid and structured way. So he has a hard time grasping when Jesus invites him into mystery and the workings of the Spirit. God working in the life of humanity. God breathing. This breathing of God should remind us of an event a long, long time ago. As God creates the first human creature from the dirt, as God gave shape and form to that being, God breathed life. And God created all humanity and gave all the breath of life, the breath from above giving life and animation creating a relationship. Jesus' ministry is about that relationship, a relationship based on the love of God for all the world, a relationship that was based on God breathing and providing life to the human creature. The beginning of John's gospel also reminds us of creation. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came into being through Him. John understands the life of Jesus as a creating and life-giving force, spirit in the world, and all are given life through Him. All are already connected to God through that life of Christ. Nicodemus is scratching his head. How can such things be? How can such things be? That our connection to God does not depend on how good we are or what we do and what we say? How can such things be that our connection to God, that life itself, comes as a gift? And that gift invites us into community that cares and loves. How can such things be? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that all those who believe in Him... It's the gospel in miniature, Martin Luther said... For some Christians, though, that beautiful passage has been turned into another whole set of rules and regulations. Only those who believe are connected to God. Only those who say the right words and quote the right passages and write the right numbers on the big signs at the football stadiums 
Only those are connected to God. Everyone else in the world has got to clean up their act and get on board. Say the right things, do the right things. Then you will be saved. Oh, dear God. How sad. For it misses the whole point of this passage. It is not by our words, deeds, actions, beliefs, etc., etc. It is by the grace of God, the love of Christ, the Spirit that breathed into our being as we came into being. It is God's grace that gives us our life, not our birth, not where we go to church, not our faith, our religion. It is the breath of God that gives us life and invites us into the life of Christ, a relationship with all creation, with all humanity that shares in the love of God, like Christ shared in the love of God you got to follow the rest of the book here, folks. How Jesus is constantly forgiving and sharing, inviting in those who have been pushed away and discarded by the holy and righteous of the day. The life of Christ is about being together. Pomoja with the life of God. One of the great things about going to the conference is I met a whole bunch of colleagues. Now, they're on the other side of the world, but guess what? We got a thing called email. We got some technology to help us out. And so when I got back, I got a whole bunch of emails from my new friends. And one, a pastor knew who, I promised him, he sent me an email, and I promised him a link to the devotions that you all have been signing up for, my daily Lenten devotions. And he was, oh, so happy to get that, that invitation. And, and then Ash Wednesday happened, and I didn't send it to him. And I didn't respond to his email for a few days. You have this happen. You leave something in your inbox and it gets further and further down. I finally discovered it. It was about a week and a half after I had promised it to him. So I sent an email quickly with the link and an apology. I'm so sorry. And his response was, no worries. We are together. Isn't that lovely? No worries. We are together. There is a relationship. We are together. I think there is the essence of the gospel. God says to us, we are together. Through the Spirit, through the life of Christ, we have the connection with God, so there need be no worries we have eternal life. Now the invitation is to live that life in the love, in the grace, the forgiveness, the kindness, the community of Christ, both inside these doors and out into the community. We are 
together. Thanks be to God. Amen.